Welcome to the Afton Podcast, where we explore the worlds of art, film, dance, and music. Today, we're thrilled to have Shelley join us, a talented singer-songwriter from Toronto with a passion for jazz and classical music. Shelley's journey in music began when she picked up the piano and guitar before the age of 12 and started writing original music by the time she was 13. From there, she began performing in bars and venues across Toronto, cutting demos of her own and pursuing a degree of vocal jazz performance. Her unique talent soon caught the attention of industry insiders, leading to recognition appeals on YTV Supergroup and in TV commercials and films. In this episode, we'll delve into Shelley's experience as a musician and gain a deeper appreciation for her unique sound and musical journey. So we're going to just dive right in. I think that's my catchphrase, by the way. We're gonna I love dive. it. <laughs> you'll hear it when, when it comes out, you'll hear it. Um, so networking mm-hmm. is important. What strategies have you implemented as a musician? to help you meet the people required to further help you improve your goals and your creations? Mm-hmm. Um, networking is, is so important. I used to be very shy. I still think I am pretty shy. So I was very nervous to put myself out there and to approach people, but especially with the music industry or just the entertainment industry in general, if you don't network, your options for anything will be very limited. Basically my strategy, it depends on like what the situation is. So if I'm going to a show, I like to go to friends shows Mm. um, because that's a great opportunity to meet other musicians. If there's multiple bands playing that night, I can introduce myself to multiple um, different people there. It always helps when it's like a party type of mode, right? So if it's a a nighttime show, you grab a drink with someone, it kind of like lets the nerves go a little bit. And I like to do it that way. Networking, I think, is so important because that's how I find the people that I eventually work with. Yeah. And um, like, for example, my producer, we, we were strangers when we met. Like, we only met two, I want to say like a year and a half ago. And our chemistry when we work together is so amazing. So it's like, it's it's crazy to think that we went from complete strangers to co-writers, co-producers, like we just, we mesh so well together. And um, that would have never happened if I didn't like approach him or actually he approached me. Um, and I was kind of like, okay, I don't know you. So like, I, I'm <laughs> I'm a little, you know, yeah. nervous about this, but I decided to like, just jump into it as much as I can and just like let my guard down. And our first session together, we wrote a song and it was amazing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so networking is really important. I, I've gone to like Canadian Music Week, which is a really good um, conference to go to if you want to network. There are so many industry professionals there. Like everybody you can think of is there. And it's it's great to just get to know people as well as just get advice from other people. Introduce yourself. Again, you just got to put yourself out there and you got to try not to be shy like I am. Yeah, It's it's nerve wracking at first, like your heart is pounding. You're about to approach someone. You're like... Hi, um, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah. it gets easier the more you do it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I feel you. Yeah. I have this thing where, so I like playing pool, mm-hmm. right? Billiards as well. So when you're shooting your shot, right? If you take 
long, you overthink it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you miscue your shot. Mm -hmm. If you don't think about it too much, yeah. you kind of get it right. So that's what I also do with my networking. Mm -hmm. I just message a person and I'm like, okay, you don't like it? Sure, I'll yeah. move on, right? right? There are a billion, uh, eight billion people. But anyway, there's so many people that mm -hmm. you can network with. So if one person says no, doesn't mean that you should just stop and like mm -hmm. give up yeah. on it, right? Yeah. They're like, how many people does Toronto have? Six million? I don't know. A hundred percent. And you'll definitely come across those people who are assholes. <laughs> yeah. And kind of just like shrug you off and want nothing to do with you. And, you know, it doesn't feel good, but you're just around the corner from meeting someone that you will like and you will work with and that yeah. are nice to you and respect you and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of just like, you got to just get over that mental hurdle. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a challenge though. And I'm still not perfect at it <laughs> to this day. I don't think anybody is, right? <laughs> um, at some point, well, not even at some point, but mm -hmm. then hearing so many no's, you eventually are going to be like, hey, kind of taking it to heart. Is there, is there something wrong with me? For you sure. Know? When you're networking, you, you kind of just have to forget about that mm -hmm. aspect. Yeah, exactly. And I find it easier when you network with people who are like kind of at the same level as you in terms really? of- Really? Yeah. Well, for sure. Because we're, we're at the same level. Like you're not someone who has, let's say like 10,000 Instagram followers. You know what I mean? And mm. I'm someone who has 2,000 Instagram followers. And sometimes people like that, they'll put themselves above you and they'll mm. look down to you. Whereas if you're somebody who's like at the same level as me in their career and at the same um, point in their life as me and they can relate to me with like songwriting and stuff like that, I find it a lot easier. It's kind of like more of a friendship, you know? Whereas when you approach someone who is a little bit more successful than you or if it's like, I don't know, an A&R person or like a pub publishing company, like whoever it might be, it's always more intimidating and it's yeah. definitely harder and it's harder for them to look at you as an equal because in that realm, I guess you're not um, because, you know, you need them more than you need that they need you. So if you want to get your confidence up, I would say network with people who are at the same point in their career as you and yeah. then work your way up to start networking with the bigger people. I, sure. I really, I love what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It is very interesting, but I differ from it, mm. right? Um, I, on the other hand, I'm like, I, I want to exceed myself right. all, all the time. Right. So I tend to just be like, okay, who who is good here? Like like when I started this podcast, I had that mentality of, hey, let me get people I graduated with mm -hmm. from uni, mm -hmm. you know, and I I started looking at the people that I graduated with. No offense to anyone that I graduated with, but they're still trying to figure themselves out. Mm -hmm. So just went for people. I figured out, hey, they're making a living out of what mm -hmm, they're doing, you right. know? At the same time, it's also, hey, people love talking about themselves, but people love helping other people. Yeah. When I when I started working on this podcast, I actually figured that, hey, a lot of people love giving advice. And these people that I've had on my podcast, they're, they're well way above me, mm -hmm. you know? But at the same time, that's a very different dynamic because they're coming here to educate people in their mm -hmm. fields, mm -hmm. right? So yes, yeah. Like um, I feel like with musicians, yeah. Like if I'm if 
if I'm networking with another songwriter or a guitarist mm. or a producer, um, that's when it's easier to network with somebody okay. at the same level as you. Yeah. Obviously, if you're going to go after, I don't know, an A&R guy, like it's just, it's, it's going to be intimidating. It's going to be harder. Like that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, but with musicians, it's like, you never know what you're going to cook up. You know what I mean? Like, you could be you could be just starting your career, but the most talented person I have ever met. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if we get into a room and we decide to write a song, we could write an amazing song. So just because you are just starting and you're you're not at the same level as me doesn't mean that we can't create something amazing. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? I just realized as well. I'm looking at this from you know, I'm an artist, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the art, right? Yeah. You're in the music and I, I was looking at what you were saying from the art realm it's it's really it's way easier to net not necessarily network but then well yeah but also to to work co and co with someone that has skills greater than yours mm -hmm, yeah. um, in, in my field right? right so that's where I was looking at it right. from you also mentioned earlier that you go to these events mm -hmm. and stuff. Can you, you, you mentioned one, but can you elaborate? Yeah, like um, through the years, I have made a lot of friends, musician friends in Toronto. Um, and, you know, a lot of them, they promote their event. There's there's something going on every weekend, um, mm. weeknight. Um, so sometimes I'll go to their shows and I'll just, it's, it's usually never more than it's, it's never one musician. It's usually like a couple of bands, you know, it's not just one person. So I'll meet other people other than the person I know. So I'll go to those. There's also a lot of open mics that I like to go to, um, not necessarily just to perform, but just to talk to other people. Um, I've met so many people from open mics that I have collaborated with. Yeah. Also there's jams that go on in the city like there's a big fam jam which, you know i'm just discovering this right now yeah i i have no idea yeah so there's this oh. one event that happens every tuesday yeah i actually haven't been in a while but i've been meaning to go back it's called big fam jam and basically it's at a supermarket and not uh, um, uh, kensington market i think oh really yeah like there it came yeah yeah, okay, yeah 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 and um yeah, they just they put a band on stage and then anybody who wants to come up and do something can just take over. So like if there's a drummer and then someone's like, I want to drum. So they'll just go up on stage and like take over and then they'll drum and a, the singer will pass along the mic and you could just hop on stage and do whatever you want. And it's a lot of improvisation, but it's so much fun. And you meet so many people. That sounds so good. Yeah. Almost everybody I know goes to those <laughs> big jams. Um, Yo, I gotta, yeah. I, I gotta go to one yeah, of these. That would, that would be really nice to go yeah. to one of these. <laughs> We've mentioned that networking yeah. is important and there are different ways to break into a field. So tracking your work, you do a lot of live performing. And from my lens, at least, right, this is your primary way of bringing forth your music. Mm -hmm. um, would you say is your primary way, first of all? Yeah, performing is yeah. probably, yeah. With it being your way, what led you to choose live performing as your primary method of bringing forth your music? And does it get easier securing venues as you do them more frequently? That's a good question. Well, I realized early on that I really enjoy 
performing live and I enjoy audience interaction and just the whole like getting my band involved, choreography, like mm. all that stuff. And I feel like people really get a sense of who I am as an artist when they see me perform live. Um, when I release singles, yeah, like you can you can get a sense of who I am. But when you see me live, you can really understand mm. like what kind of artist I am. So I think that's why I just genuinely love it. Um, I love to perform with a full band. I will get them to do choreography with me. <laughs> um, I like to interact with the, the audiences. Like I said, I like to get them to like, you know, sing, sing lyrics back to me, teach them the song, teach them dance moves, like whatever it is. It's just, it's just so much fun. And mm. it's the best way to meet other people. It's the best way to, um, gain fans. Um, the last show I did, I, I met like so many people and it, it helped me so, so much. And they're all just following my career now. And it's, it's, it's great. I, I think it's the best way to, to show off who you are as an artist for mm. sure. Does it get easier? Like, uh, as you keep working on them? Yeah, it, it definitely gets easier at first. It feels like you really got to search for mm. these shows but eventually it came to a point where I don't have to search anymore. People just kind of approach me. Yeah. Which is great because I don't have to do any work. <laughs> I still apply to like different festivals and stuff like that that you yeah. have to apply to. But I am getting a lot more of just people approaching me, um, asking if I can play this show, that show. Yeah. So it, I think the more you do it, the more likely that will start to happen for you where people approach you and – yeah, you have, you don't have to search anymore. <laughs> mm, that's yeah. kind of interesting. Um, earlier, uh, you mentioned that you do choreography. Yeah. Uh, on stage. Yeah. How do you do that? Because uh, the the previous guest I had um, was Sean Brack. Okay. Right, and he's all about that realm. Right. So I find that quite interesting. Yeah. So yeah, can you can you tell me? It's nothing crazy. <laughs> like to be honest, it's it's just a lot of like stepping side to side and like just doing like the most simplest dance moves just because like my band like they're not dancers like you know how like bruno mars sometimes he'll get his band involved and they'll just do like really yeah, yeah, like yeah. simple moves but it looks clean yes. and it looks like it just looks really good that's mm. what i do it's okay, nothing okay. nothing crazy because i'm not a dancer but okay. <laughs> i like to like just groove on stage and make the whole band groove with me mm. yeah i feel like that's something that that's a little spice that's needed yeah whenever you're jamming yeah really, for sure you know. and it, it it's attractive to the audience to see the whole band together as a whole doing something you yeah know? so with that what is your entire music process like from creation to finish actually from creation to uh, performing on stage mm -hmm. with your dance moves. Mm -hmm. What's that? <laughs> What's that like? Uh, okay, so from creation. So usually it depends on the song, but mm. I find my best songs come from personal experience. Um, so usually, if I'm about to write a song, something's going on in my life, and I, I anytime something really big is going on in my life, I, I have this overwhelming need to write a song. It's so weird. It's like when you need to drink water, like that's what it feels like to me. Mm. And it, and I'm not home, like by my piano or like next to a guitar. I feel like, all right, let's get this going. Like I gotta get home. <laughs> um, so I'll sit down with either my guitar or my piano. I will usually think of just some chords off the spot, like, you know, whatever sounds nice. <laughs> um, and then I'll just start improvising. So I'll hit record on my phone because you'll forget if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll hit record. I'll just start. Usually it just starts with like, 
laws. I'm not saying words, it's just more melody based. And then once I think of a really nice melody, I'll try to put words behind it. A lot of times it just happens where I just literally improvise and I'm like, oh, that kind of sounded cool. Like with words as well, I'll improvise, sing words, and then I'll I'll stop the recording, I'll listen back, I'll write it down. Mm. That's usually my process um, if I'm writing alone. Um, if I'm writing with somebody else, it's pretty much the same thing. Like we sit down, we we hit record, and we just spit out ideas until we like something and then yeah. we write it down. Then after that, if I'm going to record it, if I'm planning on releasing it, I'll Sometimes I'll make a demo myself. Um, okay. So I have a little home studio. What, what's a demo, by the way? Can you define that? <laughs> so a demo is kind of like, I guess, like a rough draft of, of okay. what you would want the song to sound like. Um, so like the bare bones. So it doesn't have to be like a huge production. It could be just like guitar and voice, mm. piano, guitar, voice, like nothing too crazy. Just kind of like to give you a sense of the structure of the song. Okay. Um, okay. I see. You could do a little bit more, but it's it's like that rough draft. Um, and then you can go into the studio with that demo, show the producer, and then start like, you know, building it from there. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then I'll go into the, the studio. If I did the demo, I'll show the demo. And then we'll just start. Um, my producer, Jonathan, he's he plays like every instrument. <laughs> so he'll just like just start doing some crazy stuff on the keys. He'll pick up the guitar, ukulele, saxophone, like whatever it is. And. Before you know it, like in one session, you have like the the bones of the whole thing, like the mm. bare bones, and uh, and then you you know start tweaking it from there. After that, you know, if I release it, cool. If I don't, usually, if I'm going to perform it on stage, I like to do everything live. Yeah. A lot of musicians like to use backing tracks sometimes, which I. I don't mind doing. What's a backing track? I I'm not a musician. Yeah. So. so a backing track is like the karaoke, like like everything minus the the vocals. Oh, okay. So everything's okay. playing but but the main vocals. So then you, you just have to sing your vocals over it. Yeah. I don't usually like doing that just because I like I don't want to sound like I'm better than everyone, but like I just I love playing live. Like I love mm. playing my my guitar live. If I can play live, it's I will preference. play live. Yeah. And I feel like I I, I feel awkward if I'm just there alone with a microphone, like there's no band behind me. Yeah. It's just a backing track going like, I don't know what to do with myself, you know, at least if there's a band behind me, I can interact with them. Or if I have my guitar, I'm interacting with my guitar, you know mm. what I mean? So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the process. It's a long process. <laughs> and what about, say, booking a venue? What's mm -hmm. that process like? Um, It depends. It depends on the show. I haven't done a show where I've reached out to a venue and like create a show. I haven't done that in like years actually. Yeah. I usually just, I have been, like I said earlier, just been getting approached mm. um, at different venues. I have done the Opera House, did that like three years ago, I How believe. Was that? That was crazy. That was so much fun. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. Probably one of my favorite shows because it's such a big venue. And, yes. Uh, we... I think we sold it out the second time we did it. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. But I actually didn't, I didn't arrange that myself. Yeah. I was with a label at the time who did that for me. Um, so I don't really know what it's like to, to book a really like nice venue, mm. <laughs> like big venue. Um, but I, I have done smaller ones, but when people approach me. I feel like that's good. Yeah. When you're being approached 
you know yeah. it just shows that there's something you have mm-hmm. you know that's worth it mm-hmm. yeah no it makes me feel good <laughs> yeah <laughs> for sure yeah i mean like having i don't know man that that just sounds good yeah. like you know like having someone approach you mm-hmm. for your work yeah. and and for your i don't See, I'm not a fan of the word talent. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it seem like everything that I've been working for mm-hmm. is just talent. received yeah. by f- a fluke. Right. right, yeah. So I prefer using the word skill, mm-hmm. you know? I like that. So in, in this terms, it, it just shows that someone appreciates your skill mm-hmm. enough that, hey, they want you to share your skill with more people. For sure. By the way. Have you been to the Roy Thompson? I don't know if it's still called Roy Thompson. But yes, I yes. have. What do you think of that area? Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. It, oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's it, beautiful. I haven't been in so long, but um, yeah, no, it's really pretty. Yeah, my I'm going to be going on the 4th. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Uh, what do you think of classical music? Just, just, well, a, just a question. Well, there. I studied classical music for a huge portion of my life. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, I that's what I did that's what I started with and then I I went to university my first year I was full blown like opera music. Oh. Yeah. And to be honest like I respect it I like it I'm very happy that I did it. <laughs> oh, oh wait, I hear a butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not for me. That's all I'm like it, it at it, the end of the day I did it because a lot of people were telling me you have to do classical music and not because I liked it, mm. you know? And I, I still, to this day, like, I'll hear a song and I'll, like, an opera song or whatever, and I'll I'll sing along. And I, lo- I like going to that realm and, and singing in that voice. But the passion wasn't there, mm. if that makes Like, I would go home after, like, a vocal lesson singing. Like, I would have been singing opera throughout my vocal lesson, and then I'll go home and listen to, like, Beyonce. <laughs> and I'm like, something just doesn't add up. And I remember one of my teachers, she asked, she's like, who's your favorite, like, opera singer? Oh. And I, like, couldn't think of more than, like, one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. that's – there's something wrong. Like, if I like this, I should be – I should be listening to it on my own time. Yeah. If that makes sense. You I, know? I feel you. I feel yeah. you. I mean, sometimes studying something takes the fun out of it. Yeah, you know? for sure. It, it can. Yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not going there for classical music. <laughs> going there for something else. Oh, okay. Um I, I'm I'm a huge fan of like um astronomy, um, what was this? Particle physics and, and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm a nerd for that. Mm-hmm. So there's um What's this? A uh, physicist. He he is coming from England. His name is Brian Cox. Okay, uh, I'm so excited. For <laughs> anyway, um, we could be our biggest crit. Mm-hmm. Um, what areas do you believe you can improve or have more room to grow hmm. with your musical skills, not hmm. talents? That's a really good question. Lately, I've been really trying to improve on my production skills, actually. So oh, producing. Yeah. Um, As in you producing yourself mm-hmm. without your producer? Yeah. Yeah. When I was like 14, I had a teacher who's now like my biggest mentor um, who introduced me. He taught me how to like songwrite and along the way he would teach me how to produce. And I was like this is what I want to do. Like, I want to be an artist who produces her own music. And I started and I like got all the software and like had all the the equipment and all that stuff. And then something along the way I got lost and I kind of just like 
um, doubted myself, I guess. And mm. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that there's not a lot of female representation of producers in the music industry. And literally every producer I've ever worked with has been a man. And I, I kind of just like doubted myself. I was insecure and I was like, nah, like I may as well just like, just do the artist thing, like focus on songwriting and then I'll just bring my songs to someone. Like it's yeah. fine, you know? Yeah. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, I'm finding that itch to just want to do everything myself and, and just create a song good enough to release out into the world that I did from scratch. Mm. And so lately I've been focusing a little bit more on that. Um, actually a lot more on that. And I'm right now just doing bigger production demos, if yeah. that makes sense. So like yeah. less of like just the bare bones of a song and adding more to it just so I could teach myself a little bit more. And I'm hoping to become more confident that I'll release a song that I fully produced. Yeah. Um, what exactly in that production segment mm -hmm. uh, do you feel you need to improve more on? Mm -hmm. um, I think... A lot of it is just um, tweaking sounds and and like because because I I know how to lay down a, a piano part you know what I mean and make it sound good um, guitar I'm like not so um, confident in when it comes to recording it just because I just don't like how it sounds and I <laughs> I just want to learn how to edit different instruments and, and is it that like um, sound like. There, there's a certain sound yeah. at the end of playing right. like a string, uh -huh. right? And it just like, I don't know. Like, did, yeah, you, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, I, about? Yeah, I think, I think so. And it, it, you know, it, it comes with, you know, just becoming a better player or learning how to play better. And then also just learning how to edit it better mm. and make it sound cleaner. Yeah, I think I want to get to that level. Jonathan, my producer, he's like, he's there, you know, and I watch him and I'm like, I want to be like that, you know? Yeah. So... That's what I've been trying to do a lot more of lately. Yeah, so, yeah, I see. And do you go to him and like, are you monitoring what he's yeah. doing? Yeah, oh, 100. I've learned so much from him. And like, I don't even think, I don't even know if he knows it because I don't ask questions. Like when he's producing, I just sit back and I literally just like watch <laughs> him as if I'm watching like an episode of whatever, you know? Yeah. Like I'm watching him and I've learned so much and I, I pick up on what he does and I'm, I'm doing that in my own production as well now so mm. and i send him my stuff all the time and i'm like is this good you know and he like gives me <laughs> feedback and it's really yeah. it's really nice yeah. yeah by the way you said an episode of something you gotta pick something <laughs> <laughs> what's the something um oh my goodness narcos okay yeah have you watched narcos yes okay so he, good I, i'm a huge fan oh my when uh, uh, when i was watching that show i like i was addicted like i couldn't stop i couldn't yeah. get my eyes off the tv yeah I just if, recently watched it. That's why. If you like Narcos, I, I don't, it's not necessarily the same type of thing, mm -hmm. the same type of show, but Mr. Robot. Oh, okay. Is something that's really good. I just finished it today, right? Yeah. Um, I watched it. I watched like the last three seasons yeah. like, before I moved into this place mm -hmm. here. And I just like let go of the last four episodes mm -hmm. three episodes mm -hmm. of the finale uh season and yeah i just rewatched the the entire season uh as i was working mm -hmm. and holy <laughs> mother of balls it, it's insane <laughs> it's okay insane. I'll, I'll note that yeah I you, you should anyway. check it out yeah um it's basically okay it's about drugs it's about 
like cybersecurity mm-hmm. and all of these things, right? But then in retrospective, it's mainly about the facade mm-hmm. of oneself, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, being and acting one way, presenting yourself in one way, yet having an underlying self that that is his her morals completely shift and are completely different oh, wow. from what is presented and they do this in such a beautiful way it's the the whole show itself is just a work of art it is it is somewhat abstract oh wow all right anyway yes you i should. will note that yeah. you sold me <laughs> <laughs> um you you have amazon prime uh yeah right yeah to buy your stuff okay you yeah. have prime yeah so you could watch it on okay prime. perfect this is not a promotion <laughs> <laughs> so what about uh visible uh visibles visuals uh-huh. as well i've seen a few elements mm-hmm. of visuals added to your music right right how how important are they in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. um in relation to your music not necessarily uh your live performance but right. just your musical creations i would say they're pretty important i with my single that i released hallucinating you i made a music video for that and i like edited it myself um it was literally just me my producer who helped me with it and then um the videographer Mm. um so basically like we all just like band together i um we would look at the footage like it it was so basically what i did for the video is that we set up in my basement a um projector Mm. and i had like a big blank wall and i just stood in front of it and i danced and i sang along to the song oh and i had stock footage behind me of like just people partying and people in love and it was like so beautiful so yeah, I think for that song, it. I remember when I was editing it, I was just so excited because I was like, this made me fall in love with the song so much more. Yeah. This video yeah. and these visuals and seeing all these people just like enjoying life and loving each other. And it just, I didn't realize how important it was until mm. it came together. And I, I, was, and I was like, yeah. yeah, like this needed to happen. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, there's been a couple songs where I didn't release like a video with it and you know it's fine like I'm, I'm i still love the song like there's nothing wrong with it but i feel like if i did release a video then it might change the way i look at the song in a good way again like maybe i would be like okay this is like now this song is is yeah. popping you know what i mean yeah so, i mean is it ever too late to release a video no for definitely not definitely not i don't i mean i don't think so i don't think there's anything wrong with that like i released a song in october and like if i came out with a video in the summer like i i wouldn't be mad i think honestly it's kind of smart because then it gets people to listen to the song again you know exactly so yeah it's never too late yeah yeah Uh, so you're looking at adding more visuals to your work honestly if i could release like a video with every song that i released i would a lot of it has to do with budget Mm -hmm. um but uh i love doing i love visuals i I have a song that I'm, i'm preparing to release that i'm like really really trying to see if i can pull together a music video for because i have a vision in my head and i'm like i need to bring this to life in order for people to understand the mm-hmm. song you know what mm-hmm. i mean so but a lot of it you can do like diy stuff like that video for hallucinating Honestly, you was basically yeah. diy we just got a projector 
and I stood in front of it. That's it. Like I did my own hair, my own makeup. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to Jack Chen about this, right? You you don't need the best gear. No. You just need gear and you know you need to know how to use the gear. Yeah. Right? You need ideas mm -hmm. as well. Yes. Uh and that can create yeah. an extraordinary vision. Yeah. And visual. Mm -hmm. Whereas, hey, you could get the best gear in the world mm -hmm. yet hey you yeah. might not know how to use it for sure you know? for uh, sure. you'll probably fuck up who are people in the city that inspire you so in, in this sense i'm not necessarily looking for drake or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, someone that's famous you know i'm not looking for that mm -hmm. um, not in your sense music gods of toronto right right um, more someone who is reachable. Right. Uh, so yeah, who is your inspiration? I know you've mentioned Jonathan, mm -hmm. right? Um, definitely. So I, I definitely feel like he, he would be one of them. Well, there's a, as soon as you said that, I had like a list of people that came up in my head. Yeah. Um, and I love all these people because we all help each other out. And, um, so one person, the first person that comes to mind is my very good friend, Oliata, who... I've known for a while now, and she featured on my track that I released in October. And um, she's an, a pop indie artist, like lo-fi type type of sound. Yeah, I just love her stuff, and she's a go-getter like me. Yeah. Um, she's an amazing songwriter, and she's just got a like a, such a kind, beautiful vibe to her, where she's like super approachable and just like the sweetest person you'll ever work with type mm. thing. And um, I appreciate her her grind as well. I like to see people really working for for what they want. Yeah. And that that inspires me. Yeah. And it makes me feel like, you know what? Like I kind of want to do that too. Like <laughs> I'll I'll also, you know, sign up for whatever festival you signed up for cuz like I want I want to I want to be in the grind with you. Mm. Um she her boyfriend is actually part of a band. They're called the Free Label. Um they're doing great. I love them. <laughs> like they work so hard like it's it's <laughs> they have a show like every other day i swear to god like oh. it's it's crazy their music is so good um i i look at them for inspiration for sure mm. um my producer jonathan has worked with so many artists that i look at for inspiration um there's one artist her name is nicole haber she's great her every song she releases is like the catchiest thing I've ever heard ever. <laughs> um, and uh, she's just like unapologetically herself, very authentic. And again, it's it, a lot of it has to do with their work ethic. Like I see them working hard and it inspires me. Mm. And I just like seeing that like on my feed, like them promoting their music, them in the studio, them at shows, like whatever it has to do with, whenever it has to do with grinding, it, it inspires me for sure. Mm. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. Yeah. I have a moral question, mm -hmm. right? This does not necessarily fall under this whole mm -hmm. conversation, but it, it, it's a little personal. Um, what's your take on finding inspiration from people and being happy for them versus jealousy? Mm. That's a good <laughs> I, question. I'm, I'm really curious because what got me to think of this question was when you said, yeah, I... Um, the first person you mentioned, right? You you 
you apply to things that she also applies to. Yeah. So I was like, okay, um, what happens if one person gets it and the other doesn't get it? You know, um, does that cross the line of jealousy or is there still support there? Yeah. I think for me, you know, I see people all the time who they get things in life and they really didn't work hard for it. Like you can, you know, like, it's hard to it's hard to because I'm talking so generally, but like you know the person who like for some reason like never had to live a finger and then like everything was delivered to them on a silver platter just because like they got lucky. You know what I mean? Moments like that, I'm kind of just like, all right, like I'm a little jealous, you know? Mm. But when I see somebody who's who worked hard and working on their craft and grinding and networking and writing music, you know what I mean? And then something great happens for them. It would be stupid of me to be jealous because mm. it's like they worked for that. Like that could happen to me if I work for that as well. You know mm. what I mean? So then I'm happy for them, mm. you know? And mm. it has happened to me a lot of times where, you know, like musician friends of mine will book a gig and I won't or they'll they'll get something that I won't. And it's at first you're kind of just like, oh, like, what do they have that I don't have, you know? <laughs> but, you know, everything is, music is subjective. Like, some people will like it, some people won't. And yeah. you just got to keep keep your head up and keep going. But, yeah, if I know that they're a good person and they, they work hard, I'm, I'm usually just happy for them. Yeah. And I, I see it, again, as inspiration. Like, yeah. okay, I'm going to keep working so that I can also get there one yeah. day. Yeah. I mean, the... the I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know, that's that's something to keep in mind, especially because the moment you're tainted with jealousy, yeah, you're you're pretty much yeah. Um, just because you're not necessarily focusing on what you can do to improve your works, mm -hmm. but you're going into the stage of envying another person, right? Mm -hmm. And then you allude to yourself. Or you elude yourself and get into this what if mm -hmm. phase, yeah. you know, yeah. um, swaying you from the the reality of life, mm -hmm. um, the reality of, hey, let me just work at it. Yeah. You know, let me achieve what I can achieve. Yeah. And something that really helped me whenever I, I would feel jealous is that like everybody has a different path in their life mm. and maybe it's supposed to work out for that person that way because that's fine because mm. your life is going to work out a different way. And mm. like, as long as you keep pursuing what you want to pursue, you'll get what you want. Like it's, I, I, I'm a strong believer with, of, um, like if you work hard, you will get where you need to go. Like a hundred percent. You know what? Um, <laughs> I believe that, but I also disagree with <laughs> it. Um, well, I half agree with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, I've, watched some people in life work as hard as they can and get nowhere in life you know mm. uh so it's also i don't know man it's it's also about just getting dealt the right cards sometimes oh for sure you know yeah yeah yeah, for sure and like i don't know i i think i'm i'm think of thinking of it more from like a musician standpoint but if you think about it like generally with life in yeah, general, like yeah. I definitely see that for yeah. sure. Like hardest working people, like sometimes like. Can't. I mean, okay. I mean, if you look at artists, yeah. right? My realm, 
pop quiz time. What's the motto of artists um, in in terms of being successful and having all this money? Might you know? I don't know. I don't know. No. no. <laughs> okay. Have you heard of the starving artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There we go. Yeah, well, that's right. what I consider myself as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like there are quite a lot of them. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And they work hard. Mm-hmm. There are some of them that work flawlessly hard. Mm-hmm. And you wonder why why isn't this person getting any quote-unquote recognition? I don't know where I'm quoting from. But um, yeah, you're like, why isn't this person getting any recognition? Why isn't anyone buying this person's work? They're working to their fullest potential, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that's that's artists. That's a lot. And I mean a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. Right? For sure. So yeah, it's about like the cards you're dealt with. You're For sure. dealt, you know, the cards you're given in life. That said, it doesn't mean that you can... Like, just because you're given some cards doesn't mean you cannot swap some cards out, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you could always replace some cards. Some cards will stay there. Some cards can be changed. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, yeah. Yeah. With Aftem. Trying to change some cards for people, Yeah, you know? Um, Give them that idea that, hey, there are different ways um, into it. And I feel like with live performing, that's something that's so, like, interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I... I never, like before getting to you, I, I never thought of that, mm. you know, for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> I feel like I'm I'm going off Oh, track no, it's here. okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's a very um, deep conversation. <laughs> so what goals have you set for yourself as a musician? Mm. Okay, good question. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, it's a very broad one. Yeah. No, no. Uh, well, you know what? I have to answer this question so often in my life, like applying for grants or like, just like, I don't know with other, when you're networking, it's like, you got to answer these questions. Obviously you want to say like, oh yeah, my goal is to like, bro, how do you answer these questions? It's so, oh my God. It's so annoying. Cause it's like, I don't even know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like (laughs) goals are so hard. Uh, obviously you want to say like, yeah, like I'm going to sell out the ACC or what, what's it called? The Scotiabank Arena, you know? Um, but like, sometimes you want to be like, okay, let me, let me say some more realistic goals. Mm. Um, so I would say goals for me would be, um, I want to release an album. Definitely. Um, the, the goal would be to have produced a lot of the songs on the album. Mm. Um, if not all of them touring, I've never toured. Mm. I want to tour. And, you know, just to be able to be a sustainable business. Yes. If that makes sense. So like. Can you, can you elaborate on that? Like, no. Uh, I I feel like I understand, but I'd like further elaboration. Like not have to do a side hustle, like Mm. musician full time, you know, whether that be as an artist or um, as a songwriter as well for other artists or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, producer for other artists, like whatever that is, session artist, like how, however I can do it in the music realm, I want to do it full time. Yeah. Do you also teach music? Yes, I do. Ah, I yeah. saw that. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. So teaching music is also a way. How, how did you 
get your first teaching how do how do you how do you get into yeah. teaching music yeah and where where is the clientele from mm-hmm. yeah yeah let's start with one question okay first. how do you get into teaching music i know it's broad yeah no yeah. no um so basically when i was 17 i wanted to get my first job i wanted to start making money because i hadn't had a job before um so i was like hey what can i do you know look into like becoming a waitress or um working at retail you know and then i i thought to myself like i know how to play three instruments you know um mm-hmm. i may as well just explore the world of teaching see how that goes um and that's what i've been doing for ever since i was 17 i'm 26 now mm-hmm. so almost 10 years which is crazy um 10 years fly fast <laughs> yeah it does it really does uh, i was like yeah this is temporary and then 10 years later <laughs> um yeah so i just started off by working for like music schools mm. um eventually developed a little bit more of a clientele like private students um and yeah that's it um what advice would you give someone who would be willing to become a music teacher or who wants to become a music teacher or rather to have that that ability to be a music teacher mm-hmm. like what advice like would you say hey you need to know at least two instruments or hey you need to know how to like draw the i don't know what staff it's called. or this treble class yeah, yeah. Like, um Honestly, you should know your stuff for sure. What um, is stuff? <laughs> <laughs> like basic um, music theory knowledge, I think is important for any instrument, mm. even singing. Like I think you should know how to read music, um, even if it's like you're not perfect at it, like just how to get by. You know what I mean? Because when you start teaching, that's what people are going to want to start with. And like, if, if they're little kids, like that's what the parents are gonna expect, you know? I don't think you need to be like some virtuoso. Like I think, like for example, my teacher in university, my vocal teacher, she couldn't play piano. And I, I thought that was weird because every single vocal teacher I had up until that point played piano, right? Mm. And they accompany me and I sing and you know, like they help me out on the piano. Like the piano is really important, I thought, in a vocal lesson. So it was my first time that I had a teacher who didn't play piano. So I was like, oh, this is going to be not good. I just, you know, judged. But she was incredible and I couldn't believe it. And, you know, every now and then she'd go to the piano and like hit a note if if she needed to. So like you don't have to be skilled in every instrument or like more than one instrument to be a good teacher. Mm. I think it just depends on your own personal strengths. If you're confident as a vocalist and you know that you're a good singer, then you can you can teach someone to sing. Yeah. For sure. Just just apply what you're doing and gi- and give that advice to somebody else. I think it's important to just also be more than just a teacher and be more of like a role model because yeah. that's like all the music teachers that I had in my past that inspired me, I looked at them more like a role model than a teacher and more of like a mentor. Mm. Like, although they were above me, I still felt, like, pretty equal. And, like, we had that mutual respect. Yeah. Like, I was never spoken down to, you know, the, the good teachers. There were those teachers that, that were terrible and would speak down to you and, you know, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. But the ones that really stuck out to me made an impact on my life were the ones that, you know, respected me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you kind of 
treat them as an equal. Yeah. What things do you have to consider when teaching students? This can be, it's broad as well. So it can be, say, in terms of their ability, uh, flexibility, mm-hmm. um, age. Like, what do you have to keep in mind every time you go into a session? Mm-hmm. Well, I would say with the little ones, you have to be super patient. Um, that's just a given. Um, but one of the things that I was not expecting as a music or just a teacher in general was just kind of like being a therapist almost mm. because when I mean, you it's de- therapeutical it is and when therapeutical, you therapeutic therapeutic yeah <laughs> 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 um yeah when you spend so much time with a student or a yeah. teacher and you see them like let's say you have an hour a week with them mm. you start to open up and you know i i notice a lot of my students becoming vulnerable and just telling me about like their lives like oh yeah today i had like such a day at school like this happened to me and like I'm, I'm getting bullied like I I've, I've heard it all and I wasn't expecting that at first I didn't know how to respond like okay keep it professional like okay let's go back to the music you know what I mean but I realized that a lot of them look at me for like advice and they just want like you know someone to to talk to yeah which like I was not expecting at all and that yeah. happens very often so you kind of have to prepare for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, music's all about, I don't know if it is cliche, but music's all about emotions. No, it is. <laughs> it is. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> that's what it's about. At right. The end of the day. So at the end of the day, you're invoking quite some emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're playing some like sad music vibes and it just hits in the heart, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, of course, I'm going to let it all out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, for me, I, I know I would. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What challenges do you personally face as a musician in Toronto? Hmm. Ooh, that's a good question. It's funny because I always say, like, oh, the Toronto music scene is so small. Like, like you know, like you say, really? like, oh, it's a small world. Like, it's a small scene. Like, everybody kind of, like you know, meets, but at the same time, it's big, if mm. that makes sense. Like, trust me, I, I feel you. <laughs> like, I really feel you. I always think it's small until it's not. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, like there's so much going on that I don't know about. Um, I think a huge barrier is just like, I guess being a woman. <laughs> like, I don't want to put myself in that. Like, but a lot of times I feel like I, I'm not respected as much as like my male counterparts like like um jonathan my producer like mm. i'll walk into a room and like automatically like get that respect but for me like i have to earn it you know and i have to like prove myself yeah and sometimes i find that very overwhelming yeah. and i get nervous and then like people are just like what's wrong with her <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so yeah being a a female in the industry is, is definitely hard but once you get that respect it feels so good. I mean, yeah. It feels so you, good. You, you just become feel like a badass. Like a, yeah, man. literally badass. Right? Yeah. I it's mean, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it hits harder that way? Uh, I'm just I'm just curious. I'm not going to go into that because mm-hmm. like, I have no say. No, it's okay. Um, but how, what do you think of it? Do you feel like the feeling of accomplishment is more when, when you get to that stage? Oh, for sure. Right? Um, yeah. Compared to... Hey, yeah, I can get in. So 
Let's do it. Yay. You know? Yeah. No, it definitely hits harder because it's like you worked like yeah. 10 times harder to get yeah. that, you know, and you had to prove yourself to that person. And yeah, it, it feels really good. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, I don't like that you have to work harder yeah but it, it's life <laughs> yo that's my motto hey yeah like, nice you, you could ask anyone like i say it's life yeah quite, quite a lot yeah so <laughs> hearing someone else say that yeah. is quite like it's like that frank like, sinatra damn. song yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should be your your theme song <laughs> i have a follow-up mm-hmm. right um what methods do you believe would help solve that issue in toronto hmm. <laughs> that's a good question um it, yeah. it doesn't have to be a method it can be an action or or anything um and it doesn't necessarily have to like dissolve it all mm-hmm. you know it can mitigate it mm-hmm. or, or some way just an action or something that can be taken to better um, um yeah this issue yeah you know i think like women supporting women is really important yeah um i i have noticed recently that there's like a huge male dominance in the toronto music industry and um so much so that when i was releasing my debut single i was looking for playlists to apply to and i was like i wonder like i want to look at the like specific toronto playlists and I would go through them on Spotify and it would just be like, I would say like 95% male artists. Wait, is it like hip hop? Most of it? Yeah, that that too. A lot of hip hop. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm not like, yeah. I, I listen, don't get me wrong. I listen to hip hop. Not the biggest fan of yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. like invoke as much emotion yeah. as I'd like. Well, definitely but, in the Toronto scene, hip hop is yeah, like I'm not I'm not hating. Yeah. Not hating. No, that's okay. Um, I just feel like hip hop is hyper inflated. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um for sure. Right. Yeah. And I have noticed that recently there's always like a trend in like pretty much like genres. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like it depends on the artists that are out. And now I'm like going out, like away from just like Toronto, but like in general. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm on TikTok a lot and I see the musicians on TikTok and I see what, what goes viral. Mm. And there's definitely a formula that people like to hear. Hit me up with your formula. <laughs> <laughs> well, the formula, uh, <laughs> it's basically like, it's, it's very like, how do I describe it? honest lyrics like very very honest lyrics like you know how sometimes lyrics can be very poetic and broad and this can be about this this could be about that now it's like this like i I, very specific details i don't know if if i'm like losing you i'm trying to think of an example like pussy money weed no no not that (laughs) (laughs) not that i mean like let's say um i'm trying to think of like I got shot, blah blah blah. No, like no, that to me that's broad. Like, really? like I'm talking about like, like I used a plastic spoon <laughs> to eat my cereal. Like yes, in the like yeah, 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 like yeah, and like really, really honest lyrics yeah. and like 
and a lot. I of, don't know if that's honest or that's Tia TMI. TMI. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but like <laughs> I, I keep, I tell people about this all the time, and like nobody really understands what I mean. But, and a lot of it has to be relatable too. Yeah, because people yeah. are just like. If if you if somebody can relate to it, people are gonna like want to repost it. Like oh, like I'm yeah. going through this as well, and a, a lot of it's re- re- relatable. Look at Olivia Rodrigo, you know, like mm. girls fall for that because I hate to yeah. ask, but who is that? <gasps> yeah, I know. Oh my god, yo, have the, you been living reason, under a rock? The like, reason why I'm doing Aftem, yeah, on my selfish note <laughs> is so I can discover okay all these other olivia arts. rodrigo is like the next big thing <laughs> she i mean you have you heard driver's license no man you said it i live under a rock oh wow yeah, yeah well look her up tonight um i think she's just like 17 she's very very young wait she's like the next taylor swift people are saying in toronto no no okay no. then i don't know i went outside of toronto but um yeah yeah no like music like that i like i I, heartbreak and and like yeah (laughs) yeah well (laughs) welcome to my world yeah (laughs) the world of the rocks so you know i don't even know where i am it's okay we got sidetracked you said that you sometimes uh work with bands right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so what makes a compatible team Mm -hmm. seeing that you do as, as you as you mentioned earlier on you go out and you vibe with people you you find a show that's an improv mm-hmm. and you go on and you're like oh okay i'll take stage so you probably meet some compatible people there mm-hmm. so yeah what makes a compatible team for you well i think it's important to have respect for one another very important yes yes <laughs> i think chemistry is really important so like if you just vibe you know, like yeah. you're on the same level, like you guys, you, you get along well, yeah. like you could have a drink together, like you have to definitely be on the same vibe. And for me, a lot of it has to do with just like building friendships Yeah. with the people. Like I know it's like technically we're coworkers, I guess, if you think about it, but like mm, mm-hmm. it, in the music world, it doesn't feel that way Yeah. because we're going to bars to like play our shows. Like we're not in a professional setting per se yeah like there's alcohol flowing you know what i mean so like i think building that friendship with the person that you're working with is is important then you get to be a little bit more vulnerable with them you could feel more comfortable to be more honest but yeah i think those are are pretty important apart from vibing Mm -hmm. and being comfortable with a person what makes a person desirable to work with that's a good question i don't want to repeat myself but if they make me feel comfortable being there. So like, for example, with my producer, Jonathan, Hmm. when we first met, he just had this vibe about him that automatically made me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable. Like I'm just with a friend, you know, like I've known this person for a couple years now. You know what I mean? Although we were strangers. If you can do that for me, then, then yeah, we're going to work together just Mm. fine. What about the technicals? the technicality of it all like what do you um in terms of skills right skill level right ability Mm -hmm. what ability apart from the not necessarily emotional or physical Mm -hmm. but then apart from that aspect that we just went over Mm -hmm. and this is subjective by the way a hundred percent i don't know like i just think if if they're really good at what they do um so let's say it's a guitarist Mm. 
usually before I work with them, I will, I'll see them perform, you know, I'll check out their stuff. If I like what I hear and I feel like that it vibes with my sound, that's super important. You have to be able to have like a stage presence. You have to be able to like fix things on the fly because with music, a lot of it has to do like things go wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Like oh, with any art, and you got you got to know how to turn up. it around, yeah. and you know, like oh, we meant to do that type thing. Yeah. Um, and then just in general, being professional. I know I said earlier like it's a friendship thing, but like you're on time. You're like you don't come like drunk or high. Like like I mean like I mean sometimes people get high and <laughs> and it helps with their performance. I actually know a bunch of musicians that do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like I'm not judging, but like if you're belligerent, you know, then yeah. that's a turn off. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to be professional and get the job done the way that it's supposed to get done. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have an emotional attachment to your work or slash music? Uh, here here is mm -hmm. my thought first mm -hmm. of all on it the moment you get attached to a piece is the moment you kind of forget that hey you're doing work and you have to sell it at the end of the day mm -hmm. right you, you can't get emotionally attached because you have to understand that you have to let go if you if you want to thrive in the industry you have to let go right so we kind of practice how to throw away our artwork right? right you create something magnificent and you tear it down mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like this is something that i have been taught and well i had to do in order to get into mm -hmm. the arts and to get where i am right with my work yeah right so that's my view of it what would your view i feel like it would be different mm -hmm. mainly because you're trying to create and invoke emotions mm -hmm. so it should have this emotional attachment at the end of the day right um does it have an emotional attachment to you i don't know and that's what i'm trying to figure out you as the musician mm -hmm. it's supposed to have a, mu a an emotional attachment to all your listeners out there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but does it have to be the same for you oh uh, wow um that's very interesting it doesn't have to be. Mm. Uh, do I think that it's like more authentic? And I honestly think that, that songs are better when it is because you feel that in the music. Like for me, I, I have written songs about like fake scenarios, let's say, of heartbreak, you know, and the songs are good. They're really good. But then when I write a song that's a real scenario of heartbreak, it's like I I feel like there's definitely a huge difference and you can hear it. Yeah. Um, you can hear it in the lyrics, you can hear it in like my vocals. Um, you could hear that like, oh, okay, like I'm actually going through this. You know mm. what I mean? Whereas like putting on an act, I guess, mm. when you're when you're putting together a song that you is like based off of a fake story. But that's not to say that that wouldn't do well, you know, because, yeah, you could put on a fake story and then, yeah, it might be not be real to me, but somebody else could relate to it and then they're attached to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just depends, I guess. Yeah. But I, I honestly do feel that my songs are better when it's authentically true. Yeah. You know? We're in different arts, yet we still fall under the 
umbrella of mm-hmm. the arts, yet they have these, I mean, in a subjective flow, they have different rules to them and different ways mm-hmm. to create and achieve. Mm-hmm. What resources in Toronto do you think could help musicians? There's so much. Like Hit me up with a few. <laughs> um, Let's hear at least three of your best. <laughs> okay. Um, Songwriters Association of Canada. They always put on different like workshops yeah. um, that you can go to. Some of them you apply to. Some of them you don't have to. They also like if you just follow their Instagram page, they're always posting about different opportunities within Canada. Um, so that's a great resource. There's also, what was it? Oh, any grant organization, <laughs> uh, like so Factor, OAC, Ontario Arts Council. There's so many different ones. I think there's a Toronto Arts Council as well. Yes. Those. I think there's a Canada Council as well. Yes, Canada Council for the Arts. Yeah. I think Canada, I, I, I don't know if I'm right about this, but Canada has like the most grants out there for musicians one of the most for like artists they're, they're or artists in general in yes general. you're right there are three tiers to it right yeah um it's insane it's it, incredible and once i realized that i was like why am i not applying for more grants like there's so much money out there that yeah it's just waiting to be give, given out yeah um so apply 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 like what's the common process i i know ooh. you got one more but what's the common process like yeah um with applying it's a long process usually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's, I know. it's a pain in the ass. It feels like you're back at school and you're doing like an essay or you're doing like, you know, something you really don't want to do. But it's usually the bulk of the, the grant writing is the questions. They usually have like an application where they ask you different questions like, what are your goals? Yeah. What are, uh, what will you accomplish this year? Um, how will you be using this money why do you need this money like what are some struggles that you go through anyways all all that stuff that part is the most tedious part of the process usually that's what i start with is the song uh, the songs the the questions and then after that it's just i i strongly recommend getting letters of support Mm. so from like your producer from anybody that you've ever worked with, you could just reach out to them and be like, can you just write me a letter that makes me sound good? Yeah. (laughs) Just saying that like, you know, I'm a good applicant. So that's important. And then just having a good budget because they want to see numbers. They want to see where the, where the, the, the money is going towards. So Mm. having a nice, like realistic budget, like don't forget to keep the receipts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's important. At the end of the year, you got to show them, you know, Yeah. but don't just like come up with like a random budget. Like, Oh yeah, I'll probably spend like $3,000 and you're applying for a $2,000 grant. Like, okay, no, like make them believe that you're going to spend like 10 K this year on your music. And Mm. this is just going to help. This is just going to like help fund that. You know what I mean? Cause if you're going to say, I'm only going to spend 3 K on my music this year it's like oh like okay like it's, it, yeah it just doesn't sell as as well you want it to show like i'm gonna be doing this 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 and this is just gonna help fund that whether or not you're gonna do it it doesn't yeah. really matter but yeah. i think it's important to have a realistic budget one more let's say there's any events that are going on in the city that can get you off like your phone and computer and applying for stuff and like go out there yeah so like i said earlier like the big fam jam um there's something called an op- there's an open mic that i go to very often they're called open concepts have you ever heard of objects okay. studio no okay it's no. objects yeah objects, objects. Okay. o-b-j-x 
studio. Okay. Yeah. And they, they, they actually do jams and they do open mics and they do like, what's it called? Like just um, working sessions. Like you go, you bring your laptop and you well, can just like just yeah. sit there and work with and like network with other artists who are also working and mm. they do like photo shoots there. And like, there's so many different things. Oh, CMI is, is another good one. I should have mentioned them. Canadian Music Incubator. Okay. Um, they offer a mentorship. That's good. Um, yeah. And they have like just doing their mentorship. It's called an artist entrepreneurship um, course. If you do that with them, you create amazing connections there and they will help you out so, so, so much in the future. I think mentorship is, is super important. Yes. Um, 100%. So definitely check them out. Oh, trust yeah. me. I highly agree with you. Yeah. Um, I'm in film. I asked for one mentor. I got three mentors out of it. Yeah. And they're amazing. Yeah. And they have helped me. Mm -hmm. Like, they've helped me discover a way to make money out of my art. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So. It's important like, to have someone yeah, like that in your life. Yeah. It's yeah. really important. Yeah. A lot of people are always like, where can I find mentors? You oh, know? it's, I know. It's such like a weird thing because you're like, where do I start? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. By the way, you don't necessarily, like, having a mentor, I, I'm, I'm more than grateful, but at the same time, if you can't find a mentor, it doesn't mean you can't succeed. Right. You know, you, no, sure. you kind of have to know that, okay, it's great to have a mentor. They could help you understand things, um, things that they believe they should have challenged mm -hmm. or, or tackled mm -hmm. at your age. In the end, if you can't find one, doesn't mean it's the end of the world. No. You could still succeed. And sometimes um, it doesn't even mean like a mentor per se is just asking people for advice sometimes like other other yeah other people like you you know or somebody who has a little bit above you like it doesn't have to be like you don't have to look at them as your mentor but just you know look at them as, as somebody who can provide a lot of good advice to you